Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank God for the ordinary Only winners listen to KCAA Loma Linda, the trifecta of Southern California radio. Heard on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. This episode of the House of Mystery is brought to you by Legacy Food Storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. LegacyFoodStorage.com Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino. John Copenhaver and Al Warren. 102.3 FM Los Angeles. 105.0 AM Palm Springs. And 105.0 AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the House of Mystery and I'm Al Warren. I am called the, uh, what was I called on the last show there? Um, hmm. Can't remember. Oh, we have a, a noodle whore. I'm the noodle whore. Oh, <laughs> All the way from the west and from the east, we have the uh, uh, great, the great, the great David North Martini. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, With somebody no has to. Somebody, well, somebody has to have the drinks. So um, that's right. Breaking the rules already. I'm being mean. Um, <laughs> well, we've got another great show lined up for you to finish off the week. Um, we've got a writer today, and her latest book is Viper's Nest of Lies. Ooh, that sounds exciting. And so mm-hmm. our, our author is the writer, Daniela Burnett. Thank you for being here. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Hopefully you're happy at the end of the show. <laughs> we never know. Well, this sounds like quite the mystery here, quite the, uh, uh, what, what kind of writing would you classify this? 
I would, well, most of my, all of my books are um, a, a cross between mysteries and thrillers. They, they're, they're, I wouldn't categorize them as cozy. So it's, they also have a, a lot of um, spy aspects to them and um, thefts of jewels. So lots going on in all the books. Well, that's kind of a, an interesting area. So what, what, what draws you to write about uh, these kind of heists or spies or, or these kind of thrillers, I guess, you know, jewel thieves and stuff? What, what led you to that uh, kind of category? Well, um, I've been an avid reader since I was a little kid, and my mother got my sister and me hooked on mysteries and thrillers um, when we were very young. So I, I like that genre. Um, and also in terms of movies, the same thing, spy thrillers, World War II thrillers, those all appeal to me. So when I sat down to write my own books, um, that's, that's what I wanted to, um, to write. And my two protagonists um, are Emmeline Kirby, who's a journalist, and um, her husband, who is um, Gregory Longden, who is a quote-unquote former jewel thief, because now he has a legitimate job as an insurance investigator. But he hasn't given up the thrill of the game yet, and he still um, steals jewels. So that adds another dynamic. But she doesn't know, so we're not going to tell her that, otherwise she's going to kill him. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we got murder in here already. Yes. Um, well, what's life without some murder? Well, this is true. This is true. Uh, certainly, um, there's a lot of it that goes around. Well, you, yes. when you when you do this, okay. So this is um, you call it a, a Emmeline Kirby and Gregory Longden mystery. So is this kind of part of a series? And this going to be part of a longer series? This, this is a series. Um, Viper's Nest of Lies is book seven in, in the series. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize. So book seven. So when, you, when you're writing a series like that, mm-hmm. have you outlined all of the books ahead of time and you kind of know where you're going to go with these, these uh, two? Or is this something that just sort of happens as is per book? No, uh, I, I don't outline, but I do like to plot my stories out um, before I start writing. So at least I have that basic skeleton of the plot to follow. You know, I may get a great idea along the way, and I, I add that in, but at least I know it's A, I know who the killer is from the outset, so I know how to uh, proceed with the story and plot the, the red herrings as well, because those are important. But um, I, I wanted to write a series from the beginning, so I knew my two characters, so uh, I would develop a little things in each book. So I would put something in book one, I'll leave a little nugget, develop it a little bit more in book two, because I knew how I wanted to proceed uh, later on. Uh, when I wrote book one, Lead Me Into Danger, I had the idea for the first few books in my head before I even started uh, writing that one. Because I was thinking in terms of a series and I wanted my characters to grow and evolve as, as each book progressed. When you're writing a series, when you've got a couple of characters like this, um, how is it that you keep track of what they go through? Um, because when you get into book seven, how mm-hmm. they act and react to different things and, and, what they're, mm-hmm. and the development of them, you have to be very careful about that, right? That you don't miss something or forget something or something has to change um Uh, do you have a pattern of doing that or uh well actually it's all in my head (laughs) i remember 
you know, because I, as I said, you know, from the beginning, I knew what I wanted each of them to go through emotionally, um, in terms of growing as a character and evolving more, their interactions with each other, in terms of clashes, and um, just in, in terms of common ground, uh, that was all very important to me. So it's all in my head. <laughs> oh, well, then you must have a close relationship. What is your relationship with these two characters? Oh, they're part of me. I mean, I think any author will tell you that um, your characters are a bit of yourself in some way. Or maybe it's like you wanted to, re uh, how you wanted to react in a certain situation. So you get a second chance to do that when you're writing a character. Or um, in terms of Emily, you know, I admire her greatly because she's She's very sure of herself, um, which I'm not. I'm very self-conscious. Um, the only thing is she's reckless. Uh, but um, all of us are, have our foibles and our admiral qualities. And, you know, I wanted to instill that in each of them because that's just the way people are in, in real life. That's human nature. So everybody is not all good or all bad. You know, we all have our faults and, and good qualities. So I wanted to um, portray that in the books in my characters. Well, that's interesting. Um, so when you are... Um putting yourself in the character how much how much are you willing to expose about yourself like because when you do that and people read it they're learning something about you as well okay well i'm not going to tell you deep dark secrets um the, the only thing that emmeline and i share is that she has a short temper and she's impatient and, and that's exactly me um in terms of anything else i'm not going to divulge divulge my secrets <laughs> well are you are you drawing from um I know you have a, a journalism degree. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm assuming you weren't a, ju a jewel thief. In no, house. I'm but. not. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's the, you know, it's the thrill of that. A jewel thief is a criminal. Granted, hmm. because that, that's a crime. But it's not like a murderer or a serial killer or, or a, a bomber, you know. So it's a thief. But, you know, Gregory, for example, he's a thief. He's a gentleman. And like Emmeline, he um, he has a certain code of honor, and they both um, think murder is taboo, and if somebody the culprit should pay for the crime. So um, you know, maybe it's a little bit like Cary Grant in To Catch a Thief. You know, the gentle <laughs> thief. <laughs> <laughs> and and the location that you have these in, mm -hmm. um, I understand it's European, pretty much. It's UK based. Yes. Do you find that you have to go to the locations to get a feel? Is that important to you? Well, um, I, a lot of people have asked me that. I don't, I, I love to travel and I love learning new things when I travel, but I don't travel to do my research. It's more that when I am somewhere, um, the, the, a place has made a certain impression on me and that sparks an idea in my head. I mean, oftentimes I'm somewhere and I think, oh, this is a good place to find a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of location, location is in terms of setting um, is very important to me. It's it's like another character, and I it helps me. Uh, I think it helps to propel the plot, and it sets a certain mood. Um, both of my characters, Emmeline and Gregory, they're British, and um, the books take place in the UK and in Europe. I mean, they live in London, but uh, the books have taken place in other parts of the UK and in Europe. Like this new book, um, Viper's Nest of Lies, is set in London and Malta. 
Um, so that, that's um, in terms of setting. Setting is, is very important to me in my, in my books. And I want to transmit to my readers, and I hope that I am, um, for them to get a feel of the places I've seen, like they're walking in my shadow um, with, uh, with how I describe um, the setting in the books. So is your setting or your location actually a character in itself? It is. I think so. I, th I think it's, it's important um, because it, it, it's different areas um, propel different ideas in my head. And um, like certain places like would be good for a jewel theft. Uh, another place would be good for Emmeline and Gregory to hopefully have a vacation, but they never seem to be able to do that because they always wind up getting involved in some tangled web. Now, I'm wondering how you um, kind of internally process these characters. Do you have um, an inner monologue? Can you hear the characters in your head? Uh, do you see more images and symbols when you're, when you're translating this to the page? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, dialogue, I, I can often hear them in my head, and you're going to laugh, but oftentimes I wake up in the middle of the night because I think of a good line of dialogue. Mm. So get up and, and write it down quickly. Otherwise, if I wait till morning, it'll go poof into the atmosphere. It vanishes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you consider um, these characters to you? Like when I talk to a lot of writers that do mm. uh, fiction, they will say, like, you know, they compare them as their kids. It's like my kids. It's like my family. So it's like, what, what do you classify them as? No, I can't. I mean, I, I think that to a certain extent, that's right. Yeah, your family or, or friends, because. I know instinctively how um, each of them would react in a certain situation or who would, how they would react to one another because of their temperaments. Um, uh, I, I, I know how they would react. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a family or a friend, a close friend, you know that because you know the person. You know, they're, they're like I said before, characters are a part of each um, author, except for in my case, I'm not, I'm not one so you can keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was wondering, too, um, I know you plot out these stories at least to a certain extent, but yeah. has a character ever done anything to surprise you? Have they just, like, kind of gone off the rails and decided they were just going to do what they wanted to do and against what you really wanted them to do within the story? Not really. I have total control. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I have total control. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, that's really kind of, uh, where, where do you get your extra characters, like the characters that surround these two main uh, protagonists? Like, did, are they from people you've met somewhere or you've seen in a coffee shop? Or wh where do you sort of uh, get these other characters? Well, you, you know, in terms of, when I wrote the series, you know, I wanted to have amateur sleuths as the protagonists because there are a lot of series out there, great series with the police detective as the uh, main character. However, the law puts certain constraints on a police officer with um, amateur sleuths. They, they're also investigating a crime, but they have more leeway, more flexibility. So in my books, I have Gregory and Emmeline on the one side of the amateur sleuth. And then on the other side, I have Superintendent Oliver Burnell and uh, Sergeant Finch of Scotland Yard. And also um, Philip Atchison of the Foreign Office, who 
purportedly his he he works for the foreign office but he's really an mi5 so i balance out the gravitas of the law with the amateur sleuth and i have them mix with one another towards you know they come from different directions uh, and ultimately to solve the crime so Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is there, a, is there some sort of a, a, a theme that you've got running through this or maybe underlying in the story? Um, well, a theme that I tend to go back to a lot because it's very exciting is uh, Russian spies and espionage. And of course, because we have Gregory, we, we have to keep his attention. Um, we have thefts of diamonds, uh, a ruby necklace in another book. So, you know, we have to keep Gregory uh, excited as well. <laughs> <laughs> What's your influence on, on this type of writing? Um, where do you um, draw from? Various, I mean, newspaper articles, um, you know, World War II spy um, stories, um, real stories, um, movies, and the, lots of things influence me. But I've, uh, I've always liked that genre. It's the intrigue that gets me. You know, I've, for me, the mysteries have always been about the puzzle. You know, I don't need to know how many blood and guts were spilled everywhere. It's like why the crime was committed. That's what's important to me. And then how does the um, sleuth or sleuths get to that point to solve that crime? Because the reader has to have an answer somehow. You can't leave the reader hanging. Yeah, that's yeah, important. So I, I, I wonder, so where did it all start for you? How did you decide that you wanted to be a writer? Oh, it started when I was nine years old in fourth grade. My uh, fourth grade teacher she had creative writing hour once a week, and she gave us different assignments, and I just loved it. I was like, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So um, then I studied journalism when I was in college because that was the natural progression for me. I, uh, I never uh, was a, a journalist, but um, in my field, uh, I mean, I was um, the editor of the paper, um, a newsletter for an uh, trade organization I work for, um, or, or writing articles for my firm. So I always was writing somehow. I never practiced as a journalist, though. What was the catalyst that made you actually decide that you felt like you were good enough to publish something? Okay. Well, writing for me, writing is like breathing. I just have to do it. So um, in the four months, when I graduated from college, in the four months before I found my first job, I wrote a mystery novel, and my first job was at Penguin USA, the publisher. And then when I was at Penguin, one day I got up the courage and I approached one of the editors there about my marriage. And she was very nice. She actually read the manuscript and she told me it was better than what she, she saw from a lot of first time writers, but I had to think more in terms of a series. So I tried revising that book um, and it just didn't work out and I chalked it up to a good exercise. 
And then slowly, slowly, I kept thinking about a series. And like in the back of my mind, the kernel for Emmeline and Gregory started to formulate in the back of my mind until one day I said, here I am, I'm ready. And I started writing Lead Me Into Danger, the first book in the series. So where do you, where do you plan on going with this, like with this series? Like, do you know how many books you're going to do uh, with these two? No, I, I don't. A lot of people have asked me that. No, I don't know how many books. It's I'm going for right now. They, Emmeline and Gregory still have a hold on me. So um, I still have lots of ideas percolating in the back of my mind. But um, I will write, continue with them until I can't think of any more trouble to um, involve them in. But at this stage, um, I'm not sure how many books. That will be in this year. I'm, I'm just finishing a book eight about to start on book nine. So um, that's where things stand at the moment. Hmm. So w when you look back at your first writing of the, of this series and, and mm. others like it, I wonder, mm. do, do you ever look back and think, Oh, I wish I would have wrote it differently, like change this or do this, or do you, do you do that as a writer? Not in terms of the plot, but, you know, maybe like in terms of the language, I, I think to myself, maybe I could have refined that a little bit more, but not in terms of the plot, because as I mentioned before, I knew how I wanted the series to proceed in each book when I when I sat down to write that first word in book one. Do you ever want to explore any other types of writing? Um, well, maybe, you know, when, when uh, Emmeline and Gregory finally uh, the, let go of their hold on me, um, maybe I'll think of in terms of, I've always liked historical fiction, so maybe I'll do a historical fiction, a mystery series, you know, maybe set in World War II, that's a period that intrigues me, or the Victorian era, um, those are possibilities, you know, maybe, maybe I might spin off something, you know, one of the characters from this series, but um, those are still like fuzzy in the back of my mind now because I'm, I'm focusing on Emmeline and Gregory. Hmm. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting when you've got um, that sort of uh, hold or connection with your characters. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, I guess that doesn't leave you a lot of places to go. What, so if someone, someone's never read anything from you yes. before, they've never heard of you before, yes. um, what would you say is the one book that they should get to kind of get, get, get to know you? Uh, well, you know, each of my books, they can, even though they're part of the series, they can stand alone because I put um, backstory uh, in the book so that if somebody's picking up book four and they haven't read the others, they will be able to follow along just fine. Um, but if, if readers, uh, I suggest if readers want to see how Emmeline and Gregory developed, then to start with book one, Lead Me Into Danger. But in terms of which book is, we shouldn't have, as authors, we shouldn't have favorites. But in terms of which one is um, my favorite, my favorite is When Blood Runs Cold, book five. And I think my second favorite is this new one, Viper's Nest of Lies. Any other authors out there you'd like to work with? Like to work with uh, a, a lie uh, in terms of um, living, or well, I wish I had met them. <laughs> well, probably well, guess, both are any, good questions, but okay. I mean, you're probably um, not going to work with the dead one. But no, no. But <laughs> as anyone will tell you, Agatha Christie is my hero, and I wish, I wish I could have met her because I think I would have learned so much. I learned so much by reading her books, but to have met her in person would have been 
a thrill to say the least. But um, in terms of authors nowadays, um, I do have a, a friend, I've made friends with some mystery authors, but in terms of someone that I would love to work with or, or meet in person, um, the British authors, uh, Anthony Horowitz or um, Jeffrey Archer, I would, I would love to meet them because I, I love their books and, and they both have know how to put twists and, and turns in there that just leave the reader breathless. So I, I would learn, I'd love to meet them in person. After writing a novel, um, do you have a way to uh, recharge or relax or, or, or do you just uh, go on to the next book? I usually take a couple of months off in between um, each book just to let the next one steep in my mind before I, I start writing it. How do I say this now? So, <laughs> no, I'm I thinking. Of, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I'm thinking. I'm thinking about your characters, and I'm thinking about yes. about you and stuff like that. Um, um, explain to to maybe your listeners or to the listeners, our listeners, uh, okay. what. Your, what you hope to to happen to your characters, like you you know you've got a close relationship with them in your. Mm -hmm. So do, do you get to decide? Because you said you had full control, but do you yes. really get to decide <laughs> where they're going to go, or is it something? Is your more emotion, or is this more brain thought? You know what I'm saying? I think I mean writing has to be uh, a combination of the two. Uh, thinking with your brain but it has to be emotional too because in terms of mysteries you know a lot of the a lot of crimes are crime emotional crimes you know jealousy love greed you know you have to um weave that into the story so it has to be a little bit of both the emotional side for why the crime was committed and the um analytical side to um come to the point to resolve the crime now and you and you really like um, the UK and UK writers. Yes. It seems like. Is there, yes. is there? Do you think there's a reason for that? Um, I don't know. I've been an Anglophile since I was uh, very little. Um, I you know read books about England, watched TV programs. It just the country, the culture, the landscape just appeals to me. I cannot tell you why, you know, like a lot of things, you know, why someone likes peanut butter as opposed to grape jelly. It's just England. It, I just have an affinity for the UK. Hmm. Now, that's pretty interesting. Maybe you were there in your past life. Perhaps I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It was funny because the, um, when I when I went to when I was going to London for the first time, because I had read so much and had seen so many programs, when I got to London, I knew exactly where I wanted to go. I knew where Hyde Park was. I knew what was next to Hyde Park because I had been there before so many times reading and watching programs and, and so forth. Hmm. That's pretty interesting, you know. Do, do, do you find yourself getting into your character situation? So uh, do, do you kind of play it out in your mind um, how they would be and where they go and stuff like that, what they're wearing and, and all of that? Do you play – is that important to you? Yeah, I think – I mean, you have to do as – as a writer, you have to be able to do that to, to get into their mindset where you're dropping them into a, a certain situation. You, you have to be there. It's like, well, Emmeline is going to scream or Gregory is going to run this way. You, you, have, to, you have to have to be in their mindset to be able to um, direct them in the, in the scene. 
Yeah. Yeah. To, to people or, or the situation. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty. So if you do a lot of research on the areas as well, like on, on the parts that you make sure you get everything right, like the details. Um, well, a lot of, uh, I, the place I featured in the books, I've been there. Um, if I need to follow up, you know, with a certain detail, I would look that up. But since I've been there, I know that's why I'm able to describe the places for um, my readers. So um, I have that, uh, that gives it a flavor of authenticity um, to help the story move along. Yeah. Now, do you, do you like to interact with your with your readers a lot? Oh, I love it. I love doing um, readings. Um, I, I just I find it I, I love doing the reading itself and then taking questions from our readers afterwards. That's why I was so disappointed last year with COVID and so on. I couldn't do my my usual reading and so on. I could only go to the store, sign their stack of books. But I love doing the readings and getting people's reactions, uh, you know, about the characters, about the stories, um, just, you know, whatever, if they if they have any dislikes, which I hope not. And I, I haven't <laughs> had any dislikes from anyone. Um, but I, I do like uh, interacting with the readers. Do you read anything or have any influences that might be surprising to fans? Um, I read almost anything, uh, anything except uh, science fiction and horror because I, I don't I <laughs> like that. But pretty much everything, you know, uh, um, I read historical fiction, mysteries and thrillers, uh, biographies. Um, I'm interested in um, everything. And, and I think as an author, you have to be because um, you have to broaden your mind to be able to create your own story and hmm. author in themselves they they're they're readers at heart because you know for me yeah, i fell in love with the written word so you you have to be a reader and to, to read many different things to be able to write your own story hmm. now, now do you have a, do you have a place that you like readers to come and communicate do you have like a website or are you doing uh, uh social media what what's the best okay. way to kind of interact uh, well, I have my website. It's daniellaburnett.com. And there's uh, an email address if somebody wants to drop me a little note. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Goodreads. And I'm on BookBub. I don't do Twitter. Okay. Well, Twitter can be up and down. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I've, I've heard something. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I don't have the courage for Twitter. But I'm on Facebook if somebody wants to leave me a note on Facebook. Or as I said, on my website, com. there's an email address for if somebody wants to send me a note. Right, right. We'll have that connected to our website as well so people can mm -hmm. find you. So that's, uh, oh, that's nice. you know, listeners and stuff like that. How, how was, uh, how did you find COVID for your, for writing and stuff? Do you, do you, do you find when tensions are, are, are strong and stressful things are going on around you in the world that you, uh, do you get lost and escaped in your writing, or do you find that um, it interferes with writing? Um, well, I because I I was working from home because of the lockdown, uh, I had a bit more time to write because yeah, I didn't have that you know hour commute in the morning, hour commute in the evening, so I had more time to write. Um, and writing, you know, it is like breathing. So it was an escape for me because um, my father did pass away last year in April, not from COVID, but did pass away. 
And um, I found that writing did help me uh, a bit. So um... with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wondered if, uh, but, you know, when things are going on like that in the world, if it kind of creates a little bit of tension in your writing or maybe it gets a little darker? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think that's the case, but it, it does help me in terms, if there is tension out there, it, it does help me to focus and channel, channel everything within me that just creating that you know, being able to drop into that fictional world to escape because my books hopefully are an escape for readers and they're an escape for me from the, the real world, all my troubles for the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, hopefully it does. Well, it's certainly a interesting conversation with you today and we appreciate oh, you. I've coming had fun. By. And, yes, I've had fun. And the book we're talking about, of course, is uh, Viper's Nest of Lies. Yes. And our guest is the author, Daniela Burnett. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you. I've had a very uh, enjoyable conversation with the two of you. Um, and I hope to be back again, maybe in the future sometime. <laughs> oh, for sure. Thank you. Thank you, Daniela. Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. Are you prepared? Legacy Food Storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. Go now to LegacyFoodStorage.com. Use coupon code HOM15 now for 15% off. Quick, go. Now back to the show with Alan Dave.
you know, you, uh, you, I have to think I'm, um, you know, one thing I've noticed is like, um, um, my hips are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, um, this is really strange, but they've been really sore lately. Really? Yeah. And, and it's funny because then I'm laughing because I, uh, you know, years ago, I would laugh at old people. They'd see, you'd see mm. these pillows for sale or these cushions to put on your chair. Yeah. It's supposed to help support your, you know, and I, I, I used to laugh and now I'm thinking they look good. <laughs> well, I use, you know, when I sleep, I have a knee pillow. Uh, a knee pillow? A knee pillow, like in between your legs to um, align your back. Oh. That might help. Yeah, <laughs> Bet you that pillow just rots away real quick. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Being in between your legs there, it must kind of melt. It does. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's you know it's that that um, um, foam. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I think I've seen them advertised. Yeah. You know, but I don't have big hips like you're huge, right? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't even know why they're sore. You need to stretch. Stretch? Yeah. Stretch what? My legs? Stretch your legs. Stretch your hips out. What, my, my hips out. <laughs> stretch my <laughs> I'm hips. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to go on Zoom and I'll lead you through a, yeah, a stretching uh, Oh, regimen. geez. No. No. <laughs> Just thought about walking the dog again it's just giving me um pain oh no yeah oh boy i don't know if i could do it you know <laughs> i don't know but it's just so so what is going on so how how what's your latest movie feature latest movie feature is um cry macho um, oh clint eastwood and and the old clint he's Ninety-one now, he so he's really ninety-one. Mm-hmm. So, so wow. So, um, <laughs> I, no, I don't want to be age ageism or whatever that is. You know? <laughs> I I think that because um, uh, I see a lot of negativity posted about this this movie. Hmm. Uh, I've seen some kind of bad comments about it. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. Um, but it's on HBO Max, so it doesn't cost you any money. No. Um, unless you don't have HBO. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you can go but, to the theater, too. So. Yeah, yeah. But so it, it, is it worth it going to a theater to see this movie? No. Or not? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say, Clint. Clint's going to hunt me down. Oh, yeah. He no, is, he's he's going to come find me. Yeah, you know, he is in, you know, California. You never know. But <laughs> I mean, it's a I, sweet I, film. Yeah. It's a, it, you know, and if Clint were maybe in his 60s, maybe 75, I think he could have made this film work. I just think some of it just doesn't work because he's just a little bit too old for the part. Oh, so he's put himself in a part which should be a younger person. Just a little bit younger, yeah. yeah. Well, you know. No um, ageism, but, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not, I mean, ageism is like, well, you're 90, you shouldn't be working. Well, it's, it's you're, not just. You're 60, you can't wear shorts, you yeah. know. Well, like I mean, Stallone a lot of times pulls some of these action roles off in his 70s. 
Yeah, if he had the right look. Yeah. Um, Clint doesn't look like he's getting, you know, but, um, but that's like what's this, like I, I, I've said that before, you know, that, uh, that, that, uh, good looking one, or he was, um, <laughs> uh, dances with wolf guy. Oh, um, um, Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yes. He, he's, he's put himself in some roles that he shouldn't have put himself into. Yeah. That's because he's the director and producer and all that stuff. And sometimes yeah. I think, oh, you're not the right person. Yeah. Well, they you know don't have anybody around them who who's going to tell them. Hey, That's true. Maybe you shouldn't do this. Well, I would. Well, of course I you should. would. But you know that's why I'm not around them. <laughs> <laughs> he should hire you, Al. No, no, they wouldn't. To tell him what like, to do. No, I'd probably not get. No, that wouldn't be nice. <laughs> you know. I mean, but that's what they need. Sometimes they need somebody who's willing to say what you know. People around them, the sycophants, won't say. Yeah, yeah, they do need that. They got to keep stay in touch with the real world. Yeah, you know, Um, when you get close to something like that, whether it's a book or a movie or whatever, it's hard to see flaws. Yeah, and plus, and plus, you might see yourself in a role, and then time fly, flies, and you don't realize yeah. it. Because you know, that's why I don't look in the mirror. You know, I caught myself <laughs> in the mirror. I think a, while, a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh my God, you look old." You know, or they they were uh, they send the yeah they send the the feature shots. I was on uh, a Vice show, yeah. And they sent me some of the shots, and I was like, "Oh my God." Everybody like thinks old themselves, though. Man, my <laughs> God, you used to be young and cute. Now everyone's like, you're old. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I didn't realize. I don't know where the age got up. But so I'm just thinking that um, I might not realize and I might get asked to do something. I'm thinking, yeah, that's great. And then when I look at it, I'm I'm supposed to be playing a teen in school. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, they used no. to do that, right? In the old Greece in the 70s yeah. i mean everybody was in their like 30s or 40s playing teenagers yeah. that's how that they used to do it yeah i know and <laughs> and sometimes it works but sometimes it really doesn't. doesn't yeah no but so you didn't like the movie was the movie just not uh, what was wrong with the movie <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know there's some unintentional jokes i think in this film but i i just don't think uh, it's it's tough. It's it's one of those things where I I think I don't know. It, it, it's more than his age. I'm trying to remember from from watching it. Um, what was wrong with this movie? <laughs> well, let's just say it wasn't memorable. It was not memorable. <laughs> I'm I'm like you know searching every quadrant of my brain to remember exactly. You know. Well, most of it was, unfortunately, Clint was not the right person for this role. He would have been okay. It, it, I don't think Dwight Yoakam was the right person for his role either. I think casting yeah. was, wasn't yeah. wasn't great. And I, I just, I, I just think the um, the plot needed to be, I don't know, maybe a little bit uh, tightened up. What were they playing, male strippers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this this might be an issue, right? Yeah. You know, they got to get like that. Uh, this is like Magic Mike. They... Oh, Magic Mike! <laughs> this could be like Magic Mike. Um, 
Oh yeah! Wow. Um, uh, <laughs> Senior. I want to be careful what I say here. Magic Mike Senior. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> A baby boomer version of <laughs> Magic Mike. Well, that's Magic terrible. Mike, bingo hour. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's terrible. Yeah, it is. But that's, oh, you know, I mean, but you're searching the quadrants of your brain. Send, and that isn't... send Al all the hate mail. Yeah, well, they do anyway. So. <laughs> what difference does it make at this point? Um, well, that's too bad um, that it was but, a bomber. But, you know, yeah. I will say this. This movie, you know, it, it kind of grew on me a little bit by the end. But it wasn't a mean? good movie. Oh, well. But it kind of grew on me a bother. little bit. Well, so does mold. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, but if you're paying for it in the theater, that would be irritating. Yeah, I don't think it's really good enough to um, to, to to go to the theater. So there really hasn't been too many really good movies lately. There really hasn't. I, I don't know. I think they've struggled since the pandemic to put out yeah. stuff that's really good um and i know you know i i like the quiet place too i know you didn't like it very much but i thought that was you know for a horror film the well, modern I mean, it was horror okay. film i thought i mean it was, it was okay i think that uh i think i was just I, I i i didn't need to see a part two yeah that's all i mean you know it was fine but i mean yeah, i enjoyed I mean, you start it's starting to you don't like the miniseries that's what it's starting to get into well, that's true too, but it's you know it's kind of yeah you know it's it, it's it's not all at once. Whereas so you, know, you have you like twenty five hours of a TV show, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's some of them are too long, and some of them try to go on, and they're a hit, so they try to make it last, and it gets stupid. I, I think if it's just pre-done ahead of time in one season or one yeah shot mini, if it's if it's just uh, limited type thing it's fine it's the ones that just go on and on and on yeah you know i i thought um the courier was really good that's with that yeah that was a pretty good movie yeah yeah it was you know now now uh, have you been uh, uh did you watch dances with stars yet i know no. i know you're into that no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i used to watch that with my wife well <laughs> i wanted to be a dancer at one point well you still are i am <laughs> just you know, a paid dancer, but yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you're you're a dancer, you're a dancer, you know, legs of a dancer. That's you know? true. Well, at least you're you don't have to shave though. your legs anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, you know, that's but, tough. You know. I have hairy legs, so you know, yeah, and you got to shave those things. It's kind of difficult. Can't wear nylons with that. No. Um, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> but you know, dances with stars is kind of getting weird. Uh, I don't watch it, but I hear about it, and and you can't help but but talk. And you think that, to me, it's a little bit off because it seems to be the place to go if you're a has been, or a wannabe, or someone that's been in trouble lately. I you should know. go on this show. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know which one you fall into, yeah, but three. the um, well, the because uh, they had like the, you remember you know you've seen the Tiger King, right? Um, or you didn't I know, you know, it's, yes. with, you know, the series last year. And then there's the one woman, um, she was supposed her husband went missing and she got the insurance money. And yeah. so a lot of people are saying that she killed him, right? Fed him to a 
do a tag or something, right? But yeah. who knows? <clears throat> who knows what's going on? So she was on Dances with the Stars. Hmm. You know, and then yeah. now they've got Laurie, Laurie Lachlan's daughter. Who? Remember, she's that one. She's in Full House. Oh, okay. The update, and, and she paid to have her daughter get into college. You know that, and she went oh, to jail for it. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh-uh. So they've got her on. Not she's tough. like, yeah, she, yeah, she's some hot chick with uh, a lot of, you know, she's a, a social media influencer. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she's on there, but you know, I'm starting to notice that you know, so they introduce them, and they introduce her as uh, it's they're showing the new chapter in her life that that that, you know put the scandal behind her and the new chapter in her life and i'm thinking well that's kind of i mean you know what she's going to be a dancer on dance with the stars (laughs) it's it's like it's like it's the new chapter something doesn't and then they go you know it's like some of them i just think uh i don't know then they got like you'll uh what's that uh uh, with 90210 okay that one guy that was on there and it's like i say isn't that a little bit like a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit i was thinking well that's kind of a you know was the 80s? i don't know yeah but they brought I, it back think, didn't they for a while well yeah but even when they brought it back it was a long time ago that's true <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm just sort of wondering, you know, what are they going to put Charles Manson on there now? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, what's OJ Simpson? You know, what am I going on? Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, you, you, you and OJ will be on there together. Dancing together? Yeah. Huh? You, you can be the team. Well, they got <laughs> the two team. women on there now, so yeah. they got to have two men on there. That, that's I mean, right. They won't go that far. You know, they won't. See, two women, everyone's into, right? They go, oh, yeah, that's cool. But yeah. they won't do two men. That's no. pushing it. Pushing it. Pushing it. Ah, Going too far. And the news, Russian woman steal frozen brains from ex-husband's lab to get back at him. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> it's like stealing Yeah, you know it's an ugly divorce. When it involves a disembodied brain, <laughs> boy, you know, I, 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 I wow, I, I thought Russia was a little bit more modern than that, but hmm, and who keeps a frozen brain? Yeah, like is that is that a thing? Am I missing something? <laughs> Do we are we supposed to freeze our brains? Maybe I don't know. The Jeffrey Dahmer. Own the uh, stores <laughs> human brains, human remains. Yeah, totally. Uh, oh, he's one of those. Oh, he has one of those labs that uh, keeps your human remains, um, just in oh. case a possible resurrection is is you know. Oh, cryonics. Like yeah, he's a cry. A chi- yeah, you said it. Cryonics. <laughs> I think Cryo, is that, is that yeah, cryogenic cryogenics. company, Creos Russ. Cryogenic and, um, yeah, so he he's he, so he's got all these uh, body parts. I guess I thought you know I guess I thought it was just brains, but apparently they keep hmm. quite a few body parts. Um, oh, you might need some spares. Well, but, but just kind of yeah. I mean, I don't. I didn't know they did that. I thought. Oh, I guess, okay, they store 
they store actually human bodies and organs and brains. Oh. I never knew that. Well, I and, think they um, st store the brain so that they could put it in a new body or something. Well, <laughs> yeah. Or it's like that old science fiction movie, you know, remember where it was the woman, they just had her head. Yeah. Have you seen that one? <laughs> and she's sitting there and this is like talking and she's under a, like a glass yeah. thing and she's talking away. Cause like she's up with her boyfriend and they get into a car accident and she dies and he, or he, he saves her. He cuts the head off and brings it back to life. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Eh? Talk about Clint Eastwood movie bad, but um, still my favorite, you know, and, and what, so, so this, this, this one guy that has this, that runs this cryogenic place who um, he gets a divorce and his ex-wife is, is mad. So she goes in there and, uh, and she's stealing brains I mean, what, what, I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what, what's the point of stealing someone else's His brain? brain? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. This is, makes no sense. You know, does she get like, you know, do they each like split? Like half the well, I wonder if she's divorced. <clears throat> yeah. I wonder if maybe she's selling it to a competing factory. Oh, maybe that could be it. Oh, that's really crazy. That's some Who strange stuff, brains. Yeah, but I didn't know they did this. No. No, I kind of knew how much that they were doing some sort of, you know, freezing of brains. You know, what a deal. This is a budget-conscious cryo place. <laughs> of course, it would be in Russia. They will um, they'll preserve your whole body hmm. for $35,000. That's a deal. That's a deal. That's a deal. Or just your brain for fifteen. Just think about that. <laughs> we could we could freeze your brain. Hmm. My my brain always feels frozen. <laughs> it says upon resurrection, the brains would be implanted into a new donor body. Yes, I, just as I said. But where would you get the body? Uh, they have eighty-two cadavers frozen. Either that Russians. or they could grow them in a vat. Well, they have Russians, Americans, and British bodies frozen. Yeah, but how do you know who you're going to get? Hopefully they choose some, someone with a decent body. Yeah. And a face, you know. Good yeah, looking. what if they put you in some really, really... <laughs> I want all my hair back. Yeah. I mean, you could end up looking like, you know. You don't know. It may, may depend on how much you spend, too. Yeah, yeah, it's probably like that. It's probably like if, if you want to pick a decent one, you know, it's going to cost you. Yeah, yeah, I want the... Uh, I take the one Brad on clearance. Pitt. Yeah, it's kind of like the... Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, this is the old... You get the 91-year-old Clint body. Right. <laughs> sorry, that's on sale right now. That's all there is, so, you know. It's like, well, I like something a little bit better than that. <laughs> well, that's going to cost you then. I guess. I don't know. You know, probably put me in a body with a woman, woman's body. <laughs> you know, big boobs. Perfect. 
So the, 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 the <laughs> I tell you, tell you, and to round off the night, the day, yeah. What what do you think the uh, most controversial album cover is in history? Yeah. Oh wow, the most controversial. I don't know. I mean, there was an Overkill album, but I doubt that would be it. <laughs> it was. Um, they were flipping the bird. Probably yeah, the famous um, right away. Oh, I see. Okay, so it was like you know, uh, Metallica's "Kill Them All." Oh yeah, with the bludgeon thing. Yeah, and originally it was called "Metal Up Your Ass." Yes, it was. And they had to change it. Yeah. Yeah. So they put that as number one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which I'm sort of surprised. I didn't think it was. I guess maybe we get Marilyn Manson's number three, Mechanical Animals. Really? Which I kind of thought, well, you know. I'm trying to remember the cover. Well, it says it, that it's. Um, is it just. It's Mr. Manson sporting fake breasts, oh, six yeah. fingers, and a Bobby doll crotch. <laughs> yeah, I remember he had that, that little outfit on. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, so why is that controversial? I don't know. Like it, maybe it was then. Maybe I it was at the time. Was. But it didn't seem like that that big of a deal. You know, it, th- that's just that's yeah. just her age, I guess. I think they they kind of because you know he's walking a fine line of trying to be shocking, but not yeah. so much that parents forbid the kids to to go to the concert. And won't yeah. give them the money to go to the concert. So I think they dialed it back a little bit because it was a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know what, you know, I mean, because if you're, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, it's just a show. Yeah. I don't see him. Yeah. I don't see it as being real. It's like the old Ozzy Osbourne, the eating heads off the bats yeah. or, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Alice Cooper, you Alice know, Cooper stories was big of into that. Yeah, and all the different stuff that they had. And it's like, but you know, it's just a show. Yeah, you know, shock rock. Like, yeah. But, it, you know, but I guess that's, you well, know, and of course they've got the Sex Pistols on there with never mind the Bullocks, here's the Sex Pistols. pistols. Yeah. Which I didn't really, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't see that as really being, again, I guess that's just our age. Yeah. If you look back and you kind of think, well, what's the big deal? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. You get old. <laughs> you get, you get old, old and you, all you the do stuff. A radio is show old. and nobody cares and then you die. Well, remember how, you know, Kiss and, you know, the, uh, the, the yeah. Gene Simmons spitting blood and that's yeah, something that shocks know. people today. I've seen, I've seen reaction videos where people are like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it could. I just, I guess maybe I'm jaded. Yeah. I don't. No, me too. I don't take that very serious, but, um, well, you know, you know, I was introduced to that stuff when I was like eight. So <laughs> I just, yeah, but look at you. I well, mean, that's you're, true. A mess. you're a mess. <laughs> what happens happened to me? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a, you know, popular, it's not a suggestion for your kids. No. You don't... <laughs> it's the last thing you want is your kids to turn out like, come on. Yeah. You're terrible. You know, horrible. Um, anyway, well, we bored people enough, I think, today. And um, 
we'll be back again tomorrow with or no next week this is friday yeah so we'll be back next week with even better shows we think this is good wait till you see next week that's right (laughs) we will return to find out more about our show guests or to listen to past shows from our archive please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you! If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. This is Judge Herb Dodell, and our show is called For the People. It's available every Monday at 4 o'clock four to five, and we'll be talking about all kinds of things pertaining to the law and how it really works from the inside as opposed to the outside. So tune in and learn all you need to know about the legal system and how it works. No matter what kind of car you drive, we have an insurance policy that's right for you. Need to insure your family minivan? We've got you covered. Need insurance for that new sports car you finally got? We've got you covered. Have an old beater that just won't quit? We've got you covered. Or maybe you hit the lottery and want to insure all your new cars? We've got you covered. Call Auto Insurance for Less to find out how much you can save right now. All it takes is just one call. Answer a few questions and before you know it, we've We've got got you covered. covered. Call 1-800-834-9455. That's 1-800-834-9455. Auto insurance. You want it, you need it, and we've got it. Call Auto Insurance for less to find out how much you can save today. Better coverage at a better price is just a phone call away. Call 1-800-834-9455. That's 1-800-834-9455. ProLogic Radio. Your mind spring. Give me less commercials. That's what we need. KCAA Loma Linda. Awesome radio station. I always hear from our clients who hired another firm that they wish they'd hired DNA Financial first. Don't have regrets about your IRS tax case. Just hire the best in the first place. One owed $150,000 to the IRS and had spent thousands on another firm. We stopped the levies, negotiated a payment plan, and had their penalties forgiven. And while every case is different, we guarantee that we'll find your perfect resolution and get it done right. For a free consultation, call us at 866-201-0156. That's 866-201-0156. Then you can say, DNA DNA did did right right by me. me. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley.